riding down the Harland Highway. Hey everybody, welcome to the Harland Highway Podcast. Just before we get going, I want to give a shout out to you and let you know that I am starting my fall stand-up comedy tour and take a look at some of these dates. I'm going to be going to Nebraska, I'm going to be in Houston, Texas, I'm going to be in Louisiana, I'm going to be in Dallas, I'm going to be up in Reno, Nevada, I'm going to be at some casinos. I mean, where aren't I going to be? So take a look at this list, and if you want tickets and more information to catch me live on stage doing my stand-up comedy thing, uh, go to harlandwilliams.com, harlandwilliams.com, click on the stand-up tour link, and I hope I see you out there, and uh, I'm making you laugh live in person. And with all that said, let's go, let's have some fun, let's start the Harland Highway Podcast. All right, here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's right. Uh, hey, everybody! Welcome, welcome, one and all. Uh, you're here on the Harland Highway Podcast. Uh, what a show we have today! And uh, I got my sidekick here, little Coco. Uh, he's here. And I'm not wearing the headphones today because uh, he never says anything. He just looks at me like a mentoid from the 45th dimension. And, uh, uh, you know, why why, uh, put on the headgear if you got a dementoid? First rule of podcasting. uh, Dementoid plus headphones equals no headphones. Um, But... uh, I hope you don't mind. My face might be shimmering a bit. I moisturized before the show. Um, I don't know why. I, re- I rarely moisturize. I rarely Christopher Walken moisturize. But I just thought, you know what? I'm going to slap some moisturizer on my face. And uh, you're all powerless to stop me. Uh, I put it on my forehead, under my eyes, on the bridge of my nose. Uh, I'm oiled up like a uh, Chinese whale skinner, whatever that means. Okay, before we continue on with any more of this hilarity, let's just grab a little word from our sponsor today. ShipStation is the sponsor of the Harland Highway podcast. The best time to prepare for growth is before the opportunity arrives, especially for online businesses. ShipStation sets you up for growth by directly integrating with every shopping cart and storefront. So your products are easier to find, easier to manage, and easier to get into the hands of happy customers. Don't wait until you're drowning in orders to find the right shipping solution. Upgrade to ShipStation today. Whether you're starting small or scaling up, ShipStation makes ship happen. No more limiting your business to one store. ShipStation integrates with every platform, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, making it easy to manage all your shipping from one simple dashboard. 
Maximize your sales with minimal effort. Save time with consolidated order management and automated shipping updates for your customers. Easily compare carriers, rates, and delivery times to get the most out of every send. Get the same discounted shipping rates as Fortune 500 companies, whether you're sending a stack or a truck full. Join over 130,000 companies who have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation. 98% of companies that use ShipStation for one year become customers for life. Ship more and grow more with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com today and sign up with the promo code Harland. Yes, that's my name, H-A-R-L-A-N-D, Harland, for a free 60-day trial. Start today and get set up before the biggest shipping season of the year. That's two months free! Visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top, and type in the code HARLAND. And there you go, gang. Get out there and make ship happen. And now, let's get back to Ryan Sickler and the Harland Highway podcast. Um, but, uh, speaking of bodies of water, okay, we got to talk about this because another freaking hurricane just ripped through, uh, the Caribbean and Cuba and, and Florida. And, uh, have we had it up to here with the hurricanes? I mean, these things are lethal, man. They just come in and they just, they just tear the place up for three, four days. And uh, 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 I was gonna sneeze. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, it's right there. It's right there in the chamber, right in my moisturized nose. Don't you hate that? I'd rather sneeze than get right to the edge and not achieve, if you know what I mean. Isn't that annoying when you get brought right to the very edge, but you can't get it out? You know what I mean? Not fun. Not a good experience. Now, now I got like a like a hurricane in my nasal passages. It's just I feel like there's a there's a nasal cane going on, just churning in my freaking nasal passages now. Did you see that? It was like uh, uh, I got right there, and then it wouldn't come out. I don't know if it was camera shy. I don't know if it was uh, just being a pain in the arse, but whatevs. But anyways, these uh, hurricanes coming through, Hurricane Ian this time. And by the way, what, what is with the names? What, why are we giving these, these, these entities of destruction, these, the, these, these giant energetic killing machines, the names we give our children, our, our beloved grandparents? Our friends and relatives share these. Let, let, let me go through a list of some of the, the wonderful names that these, uh, these, these uh, massive machines of destruction uh, have. And I don't know why. I don't know who's given them to them. How about this? Andrea? Barry? Julia? Josephine, Omar, Paulette, 
Renee Franklin Gert. How'd Gert get in there? That sounds like that's like the Forrest Gump of the Hurricanes. Yeah, Arthur, uh, Andrea, Barry, uh, Alex, Bonnie, and uh, yeah, Gert. Um, but these are not appropriate names. These are these names. We can't be giving these uh, machines of destruction little endearing, charming names. I mean, come on. Yeah, you, these things should be called what they are. Have you seen them? Put one up here. Does that look like a Mary or an Ian or even a Gert? Um, I think we know what that looks like. It looks like a giant asshole. So why are we being so kind to these these instruments of death, these weather systems of horror, and giving them charming little names? Oh, everybody in the house, Margaret's coming over. Everybody down into the storm cellar, uh, David's dropping by. No, 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 no. Let's call these things by what they should be called. How about just assholes, okay? They don't need human names. Even our dogs and cats don't get human names. You ever heard of a dog named Larry or Mary or David or P? No, it's always Fluffy and Snowball and Lasagna. And so how about these gaping, swirling assholes get called assholes? And if you need to add a moniker or whatever the, the, the term is, if you need to add something on to personalize them, how about steaming asshole? How about gaping asshole? How about... Big flaming asshole. How about stupid asshole? How about fucking asshole? I've always liked that name. And look at this one. How about bloody asshole? This one looks like it's got freaking hemorrhoids. How about hurricane hemorrhoid over here? I mean, they're just giant assholes floating in the sky. And we got the, we got the balls. We got the girts to give these cute little... Christian names? Mary Louise Jackson or uh, David Geller Smith or whatever? I don't know. No, no, that ends. Now when a hurricane's coming or an asshole's coming, we get the meteorologists out of the weather center and we bring in proctologists, okay? And we let them... Do the breakdown of these swirling assholes. No, no more of this uh, meteorologist, well, we have a high-pressure weather system moving up the coast, and when the cold weather coming in from the north collides with the air particles of the... No, no, no. Out. Now what we want are proctologists who specialize in assholes, and I want that guy, and now with the latest update on... Bloody asshole, here's proctologist, Dr. Walter Smith. Well, thank you very much. Now, as you can see, this is a very puffy asshole. It's swollen all around the edges as if someone shoved an eggplant inside of it. Now, this asshole's going to shit all over planet Earth for about three days, and it's going to stink, it's going to be messy, and you know what I mean? 
And come on, gang. These aren't weathers it. They're assholes. They act like assholes. Right? You ever have that one guy at your barbecue who gets too drunk and he, he starts smashing the barbecue over and he's kicking chairs and he falls in the pool and he smashes through your fence and he drives his motorcycle through your wall? Yeah, asshole. Well, that's what these things do. They just come swirling through your yard, tearing it all up like, like a big fat asshole. And they just destroy your stuff. They take it like, hey, bring me back my double wide asshole. Bring me back my double wide trailer. Keep my wife, but bring me back the trailer at least, you big puffy steaming asshole. So, hearts go out to all you people that had to endure the recent hurricane in uh, Florida. And I feel like this podcast is timeless because even though there was a hurricane last week in Florida, I feel like you could play this podcast anytime and there was a, excuse me, hurricane asshole blowing over Florida. I mean, look at these pictures. Look at these different types of assholes. There's a puckered asshole. There's a squinting asshole. There's a black-eyed asshole that's been hit in the face with a doorknob or something. I mean, come on. So enough with the hurricanes. From here on in, we're all on asshole watch. I don't care if it's a Category 1 asshole I don't know if it's a Category 2 asshole. And and as far as the wind gusts go, I mean, why don't we just look at that like a big Dutch oven coming right out of the freaking asshole? I mean, that is a... We've got a a Category 5 fart coming down the Gulf Stream. Get in your houses and plug your nose. So anyways, I don't mean to sound all angry, but man... You know, it's just, it's just not really fair that these, uh, these people and these, these homes and this property is getting all ripped up by these swirling assholes in the sky. <laughs> but it's enough to make you angry. And do you, find, do you find, gang like me, that folks are getting angrier, easier these days? I don't know if it was the whole COVID thing. I don't know if it's the politics. All I know is people are, have a shorter fuse than they used to. Don't, don't you find it? You almost feel like they're looking for an excuse to get mad and get angry and start yelling at you, be confrontational. Uvula action. Um, case in point with the anger. My own neighbor... My own loving neighbor, okay? I'm a peace-loving guy. I'm a friendly guy. We've lived across the street from each other for 17 years. And we both have the typical, you know, living room window, the big bay living room window that looks out onto the street. I can look across and see in their window if I'm being nosy, and they can look across and see in mine at night when the lights are on. And so, living peacefully across from my neighbor for all these years, I didn't see this one coming, and maybe I attribute it to the times we're in. 
the angry times we're in. But here's what happened. Um, I, uh, for the first time ever in my life, I don't know if you guys have done this or not, but for the first time in my life, I purchased my very first uh, full head-to-toe moth costume. And I don't know what the wattage is of the light bulbs you have in your living room. I don't know if you're 60-watt people. I don't know if you're 70-watt people. I don't know if you're high rollers and do the whole 100-watt thing. Um, But... uh, Either way, we're using watts, and I do not know what a watt is. I know the drummer for the Rolling Stones was a watt, but he's really the only watt I've ever seen, Charlie Watt. But I, I have no idea what a watt is. What is that, a measurement of light? Oh, that light's uh, sort of bright there. Uh, you know, that's probably, oh, I'd say uh, 62 watt. Like, how do you measure light? And some smart scientist is sitting here go, well, you stupid idiot. The way you measure light is blah, blah, blah. All right, I don't know how to measure light, okay? Do any of you know how to measure light? Yes, some of you probably do. Turn this off right now. You don't deserve to be here with the rest of us stupid people. Turn it off. You're, hey, you light measurers, turn off this podcast right now. You're too smart for this. Idiots. So anyways, my neighbor had, let's just throw a number out there, a 75-watt bulb in his living room, okay? We've got along peacefully for almost two decades. Never been a confrontation, never been a fight. He's got a nice family, kids, a dog, a lovely wife. And every night I see him flick on the light and they're in the living room watching TV or the kids are running around, whatever, whatever families do. And I was in the mood for, I felt mothy. I felt like a moth. I felt, you know, sometimes you feel some things. You feel like you want to go for a run. You feel like you want to travel. You, you feel like you, uh, you want to eat. Uh... I was feeling mothy. And if anyone has a problem with that, um, you know what you can do? You can uh, get a big bucket of Aunt Jemima uh, maple syrup, dump it over your fat head, and uh, go stick your face in an ant nest and let them eat your fucking face right down to the skull. And that may sound a little severe, but, you know, back off a little. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tell a story here. Just back off a little. Dial it down, Nacho. Take it down a few pegs, Nacho. I mean, God. I'm, a mo- I'm telling you, I'm a moth. I bought a moth cut head to toe. And so it's about 9 o'clock at night. And I'm in my living room trying the thing on. I'm admiring my, my physique in the mirror. I have a, I have a full body mirror. And I'm admiring my physique in my moth costume. The vibrant colors and the fuzziness and the antennae. Oh, the antennae. I almost fell in love with a satellite dish three houses down, but no. Um, and so I'm, I'm admiring myself in my moth costume, and all of a sudden, the light across the street goes on. 
My friendly neighbors across the street flicked on their 75 water. And I know I shouldn't have what anger. That 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 was that was not appropriate. I shouldn't I shouldn't project my what anger at you, my wattage anger. And you're probably saying what anger? And I'm saying no, what anger. And I just projected it at you and not fair. But anyways, let's continue. The light goes on and my head just snapped. I was like, whoa. You know, it's almost as if uh a fat person was sitting in a living room and someone yelled, the cookies are ready, and they just like, you know, the way fat people do. And, uh, and I saw this light go on, and of course, I'm a moth. Hello, I'm a moth. And I'm just sort of immediately transfixed. I'm totally like hypnotized practically by this soft, Yellow glow, this 75-watt general electric glow spilling through the glass and out into the street, bathing the concrete and the pavement in a, in a beautiful, soft, iridescent yellow glow. And so I did quite naturally what any moth would do, ladies and gentlemen. I opened my front door and I went out and I got on my front lawn and naturally, I started to flap my wings and slowly move across the road, down my lawn, across the road. And I did like any normal moth would do. I got right up against their glass window. And I'm flapping and I'm flapping and I'm being a moth. And I'm entitled to be a moth. I'm dressed as a moth and I'm, I'm sort of softly pressing up against the wind, making these noises. I'm trying to make it a full, beautiful, enhancing experience. So I'm doing the... And of course, you know, after three or four minutes of this, the children who were playing checkers on the floor looked up and saw me dressed as a full-grown, my tongue, my eyes are sort of bugging out because to me light is almost like crack i mean you've all seen it gang you've all seen moths you turn on a light outside your house and they come streaming in from bakersfield and uh fucking fresno some of them come in from cleveland i've heard moths and butterflies fly thousands of miles for things and that's stupid but they do and so these kids look up and they start screaming and I'm just I'm not going to talk to them. I'm now I'm I'm playing the role of a moth. I'm not going to uh, verbalize a, a known language. If anything, I did a little moth talk. I said you know, I was sort of buzzing and humming on the window, on this big 6-foot bay window and the children are screaming and the dogs barking at me and there's froth coming out of his mouth looked like someone shook a can of cream soda and sprayed it all over an old bag in a wheelchair rolling down uh, the streets of bakersfield right in her fucking eyes right in her ancient eyes her corneas so dusty they started floating across her face and going into eye world i don't that's what i think i don't know 
And so here I am flapping furiously on the window, and uh, Ned, Ned Anderson, who's the guy, my neighbor, I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but I did, he goes running to the closet, pulls out a shotgun, comes running outside, and he's got this thing up against me. And I'm like, he's like, what the hell are you doing, Williams? And I was like, I didn't want to break character. I'm like, you know, I'm flapping. And he's like, get the fuck away from my family. Get away from my house. Are you humping my window? And I'll be honest, you know, there's a warmth to the light. There's a, a certain warmth to pressing one's flesh or body against a warm pane of glass and maybe in the flapping motion there was a bit of hip gyration and and you know there could have been a little bit of moth humping but uh, you show me uh, in the neighborhood uh, watch association or any any neighborhood uh, organization that humping someone's front window is a uh, felony and I'll see you in court Johnny L Cochran so I'm humping and flat. The kids are screaming. The dogs barking. The wife's now on nine one zero, and I hear her yelling into the phone, "Mothra, Mothra!" And the, the, I can hear the the operator going, "What, Godzilla?" She's like, "No, Mothra!" And I'm just uh, now I'm rolling my moth eyes. You know, my big big moth eyes, allowing more light in because I, you know I got moth eyes. And this guy goes, "Step back, Williams, or I'm going to shoot." And I said, "Hey." You shoot me, bro, and uh, you're going to have moth powder everywhere because I got moth wings, and we all know that moth wings are covered with that silky, beautiful, it's almost like baby powder. And I said, you take a shot at this, and you're going to be rubbing powder out of your clothes and off your window on the side of your house for, like, months. So you might want to rethink uh, discharging some buckshot into a, a, a six and a half foot uh, tall moth. Okay, a two hundred pound moth is power fucking is is humping your front window, and you're gonna put uh, you're gonna put some uh, you know bullets through through these uh, velvety wings. And he said, "Back the f off, Williams." And I could see it in his eyes. He had no love for moths that night. And so I'm like, okay, okay. And it's tricky, you know. They don't, no one teaches you at school about the aerodynamics of a moth, okay? Aerodynamics are tricky to begin with. I mean, anything that understands and can initiate flight from a small hornet to a jumbo jet from a helicopter to a hummingbird, from a dragonfly to a flying fish. These are all different variants on flight. There's different techniques. There's different propulsion. There's different physics at play. And sometimes maybe you jump in deeper than you thought you were going to. And I was all about how hard can it be to fly like a moth across the street. It wasn't that hard. But did I anticipate having to put my moth wings into reverse 
and being functional at it and being coordinated at it? No. I did not plan ahead. And when you don't plan ahead, that's when you get into deep trouble. And so now I'm starting to attempt to fly backwards, you know, and I'm stumbling a bit. And now Ned's like, hey, Williams, I get it. You're drunk, you asshole. And I'm like, whoa, guy, let me get off your property. And I make my most valiant attempt in all sincerity, ladies and gentlemen, one moth to the viewer. I sincerely tried to flap my way backwards off his window and back to my own yard, into my own house, relieving his children and his terrified wife and his, his dog of all their anxiety and all the horror that filled them up. And as I was slowly making progress, I got halfway down the lawn. And is this my fault what happened next? Is this my fault? Did I plant a five-foot-tall sunflower in the garden? I don't think I did. I don't remember taking a sunflower seed and planting it in Ned's garden. But maybe Ned did, maybe someone in his family, maybe his demented freak wife with the foam coming down her face and her eyes so filled with terror she looks like an owl just sucked a potato out of uh, Dolly Parton's uh, meat blender. (laughs) I mean, gang. The light is cascading out of the window. It's nighttime. The only other thing lit up on that lawn to accept the light that was being projected was this big golden sunflower. We've all seen how big a sunflower can get. And here's me, a moth, a flower, and sometimes nature's impulses are primal. They can't be stopped. They're chemical, they're primal. They're undeniable. And as I was starting to flap backwards, I just zoned in on a large, four-foot, healthy, healthy sunflower that was screaming in the blackness of night to be pollinated. To be pollinated real hard and real deep. Just... Power pollinated, just power pollinated. And almost without being able to stop myself, I was an abandonment of all my senses, of all my common senses. It, 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 it's, it's like a pollination uh, fairy took over. And now I'm, I'm on that... Uh, I'm, I'm on that sunflower faster than, uh, you know, Dolly Parton uh, on the side of a glazed ham at uh, Uncle Larry's Christmas dinner. And I got that thing on my crotch, and I am, I am pollinating the th- this thing like a 
Vietnamese porn star that just fell out of a box of fucking ripe cabbage down at uh, Donnie's fucking vegetable mart. I am just, I mean, I'm pounding, I'm pollinating this sunflower right in the face, right in the seeds. Because don't forget, a sunflower isn't like a soft, the face of a sunflower isn't soft and full of petals. The face of a sunflower is actually the backs of all the sunflower seeds. There's thousands of seeds in the face of a sunflower. And I'm power grinding this thing with my little moth thing, my moth wiener. I'm pounding it in there like, uh, oh, like uh, Carol Burnett stuffing a Christmas stocking for a child with no eyes. And I'm just power steaming up. I'm pollinating this thing. And, uh, I can't stop. And if you think sliding your uh, soft, subtle midnight wiener into a line of seeds embedded in the face of a flower is, uh, is a comfortable scenario, no. Uh, it's, it's much akin to probably sliding your wiener up and down on a cheese grater and making uh, mozzarella, mozzarella uh, you know what I mean, shaved mozzarella penis cheese. And, uh, God, I need a drink. And so, so here I am, I'm all over this damn thing, and uh, Ned starts shooting. I go flying off the sunflower. I go flapping down the street. I don't even try to get to my home because now he's shooting. He knows where I live. So now I'm running downtown. I'm running around in neighborhoods. I'm flying down streets. I end up at a 7-Eleven. I buy a bag of flour. I'm snorting it. I mean, it's just just so... The point of my story, gang, is I encourage you to be adventurous. I encourage you to follow your creative spirit, your artistic spirit, to try new things and engage in new fantastical experiences. But be careful. It seems like even the most innocent of things come at at a grave cost sometimes. And that's all I'm saying. You'd think that uh, being a moth for a night would be carefree and beautiful and as free-spirited as a hippie doing an underwater uh, lily pad fart at, uh, down at uh, Lake uh, Ungafunga Kokifuckiungi over there in uh, Wilnut County. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of caution. Be you, uh, express yourself, but just... Be aware. Be aware that sometimes other people don't don't have the same, uh, I don't know, have the same appreciation of, of your creative outlets. And it could lead to violence. And it could lead to moth murder. So there you go. Um, and speaking of creativity, my God, where's... Where is my, I got to, 
Oh, my God. Okay, so I got to talk about this creativity because this, this, uh, this was amazing to me. So as you know, I'm doing my podcast, and as you know, I do my own T-shirts. You guys have all seen them on the show. I draw my own T-shirts on, on blank T-shirts with colored Sharpies. I hand draw them, and then I sell them. I have them on my, my website, harbling.com. And I uh, have all kinds of, over. I think there's over 100 designs up there now that I've put up of different shirts that I've sold. And now that the originals are sold, you can go in and you can look at a design and get a print made. And one of the most popular prints is I did a design of an image of death. You know, death with the, with the dark cloak and the eyes and the, the bony hands and he's always got a scythe. You know, the, the scythe, which again is a bit of a mystery to me. Like, why does death have a scythe? Like, when he's not busy killing, is he, is he doing, like, landscaping? Is he cutting grass? I mean, isn't a scythe for cutting? I don't know. But anyways, I have this image of, of death sitting at the breakfast table, and he's eating a, a spoonful of cereal, and the cereal box is the cereal called Life. There's a, there's a brand of cereal called Life Cereal. And so I thought it was funny and interesting that, it, that death would be eating life, that that's, that's his favorite cereal, Life. And so I sold the original, but then, you know, like I said, it became a print, and the print has been selling really well. It's one of my most popular designs, which makes me happy because I love that design too. But what happened is something really cool that's never happened to me before. No, this is not another moth story. Uh, somebody reached out. If you go to harbling.com, you can send me emails and ask about the shirts and maybe even request a shirt or blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, a few weeks ago, a gentleman from Australia, the other side of the world, mate. That's the other side of the world. I'm here in America. He's over there in Australia, a bloody Aussie, eh? And I read this email, and it's from a guy named Lucas Casper, okay? He's an artist, it turns out, but he's not just any artist. He's an Australian artist who does giant murals on buildings and walls and flat surfaces with spray paint. He's a very, very talented and creative and imaginative uh, mural artist. And Lucas Casper sent me an email. He said, hey, Mr. Williams, you know, you've, you've, you've been an inspiration to me and I enjoy your work and all this stuff. Wonderful compliments and thank you so much for that. He said, I would be honored um, if I could do a mural of your death-eating-life cereal or death's favorite cereal uh, print. And he said, what I would do is I'd love to do a giant mural on a wall and mix it with my own stylings. And together we sort of inadvertently, even though we're on opposite sides of the world, I create this piece of art that kind of combines both of our styles and both of our imagery and all this and that. And I don't think he was expecting me to respond, and I don't know that he's expecting me to respond positively, but I was like, sure, 
Why not? I, I was like, what an honor. I went on this guy's website. It's lucascasper.com. Lucas Casper with a K. Lucascasper.com out of Australia. And man, oh man, I, I realized right away this guy's got talent. Like he's not just some weird kid like, hey man, can I do it? No, he was like this guy sort of almost does it for a living or something. Or I, I don't know, but it, he's very progressive with it and has some beautiful um, mural images on his website. And I said, yeah, man, go for it. Let's do it. And, uh, and so I expected, you know, three or four months from now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm out here. I finally found a wall, and I'm just getting started. I should be, uh, should be ready next year. But instead, this guy, like, called me. Like, he, he didn't call me. He emailed me back. I said, yeah, go for it. He goes, oh, I'm so excited. And three days later, he texts me back. He goes, yeah, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And I'm like, holy smokes. So this guy, um, and he, I think he likes to be called um, Casper, his, uh, his last name. So we'll call him Casper. Um, uh, he, he just went out and he did this thing. And what's really cool, and I'm going to show it to you guys. Um, he shot a video of the whole process. It's a short video. I think it's about maybe three, four minutes long. But it's really worth it to watch it because just to watch him go from nothing and then literally in the video you can see him looking at my image of death-eating life on his cell phone, which is not very big. And he captured it, I'd say, almost perfectly. And so he did my image and then he added elements of his own stuff and it really came out beautiful and uh, I want you to take a look at the video that he shot right here uh, of death eating life a mural by uh, Lucas Casper from Australia have a look hey what's up guys it's Casper again uh, I got a fun piece today it's gonna be a collab piece and it's gonna be with a dude who I've uh, looked up to for quite a long time now Harlan Williams recently he started up this thing called Harbling where he draws on t-shirts with sharpies I thought it'd be cool to do a collab he was keen as I'm about to go into a laneway here in Melbourne and paint a piece next stop is Burke Street Mall <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
I mean, wow. Wasn't that wild? I mean, first of all, I'm very honored. I'm very touched. I'm very grateful that he did such a good job that he was um, very true to my art. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, you're, you're giving up a lot when you tell another artist they can do your art. And in the back of your head, you're like, well, will they do it justice? Will they, will they replicate it well? Will it look butchered? Will it look off? But man, Lucas Casper, he really just nailed it. And then all the little touches he did around the sides and this and that, fantastic. So um, Lucas suggested we put it on a T-shirt because the shirt's already really popular. And then now with this mural, I'm, I mean, it's amazing. So here's what I want to do. And Lucas doesn't know about this. But what I want to do is I'm going to put the, the image of the mural on a T-shirt we're going to put it up at harbling.com. And as you can see, Lucas is a young man. He's younger than me. I'm only 22, but no, he's a lot younger than me. And I don't really know if Lucas does this for a living or if he's a street artist or if he makes good money at it. But regardless of his financial situation, what he did was a lot of work. It was a beautiful gesture. And so what I want to do is for the first six months of this shirt being on sale, I want all the proceeds to go to Lucas to help him finance his future murals, to help him pay for his uh, art supplies, just to get him some meals, a roof over his Who knows? He could be a trust fund baby for all I know. He could be loaded. I don't know. But regardless, I want... I want to um, support what he's doing and say thank you. And so for the first six months, anyone who orders a print of the Death uh, Eating Life uh, Casper Harland mural t-shirt, I will accumulate all those those, uh, purchases and I will get a a, uh, payment over to Lucas Casper. I will tally it all up. I'm a good little accountant. And uh, I will uh, make sure he gets that for the first six months starting once the shirt goes up in the store, which uh, by the time you see this, it will be up. So if you want to support our friend on the other side of the bloody world, if you want to support our Aussie friends, especially the autistic ones, then uh, go in and get yourself a uh, Death Eating Life wall mural uh, t-shirt print, and uh, I think that'll be a cool thing. And then I also want to say, God, more thanks. I don't know if the Australians love me or what the hell's going on over there, Wally. But another Australian lad, and I won't say his full name because I don't know if he wants me to, but my guy Brady, um, when I started doing the Harland Highway just a few months ago, I was new at it. I was learning it. I'm still learning it. I'm still doing most of this stuff all by myself. I'm building up to making it uh, bigger and better all the time. But this wonderful guy, Brady, another artist, a graphic artist, he reached out to me via my Instagram. And if you go on my YouTube page, every episode, there's these little titles that show a picture of me and show a picture of my guest. Don't worry, little Coco, you'll be on there. 
and it tells you what episode it is, and there's these kind of big, bright placards that let you know right away who's on the... These are the thumbnails for the Harland Highway podcast on YouTube. And out of the goodness of his own heart, uh, donating his own time, his own effort, he just said, hey, man, do you want me to make these these thumbnail cards for you for each episode. And I was like, wait, what? I've never met the guy. I don't know who he is. And I just said, yeah, give it a crack. Let's see what you can do. And man, he's been rocking it. I mean, if you look at the YouTube channel, he, he's done all these beautiful thumbnail cards for me. And, uh, you know, I hope there's a way that when this podcast finally maybe starts to make a little money, I can share some of that with him too, the way I'm trying to share it with Lucas Casper. So a huge uh, thank you to uh, Brady. Um, Great job, man. Can't thank you enough. Um, They look great. And um, Lucas, thank you for the the mural. And Australia, what's up? Let's go. I uh, love Australia. I've been there, I think, three or four times. And um, I uh, just want to say thank you to you guys for uh, helping out. It's so generous and kind, and it means a lot when I'm juggling all the other aspects of this uh, podcast and then bringing it to you guys. And by the way, Delo, how about a huge thank you to you folk? Yeah, I'm pointing to all of you. Um, you've all been so great. Thank you for subscribing to the show. Thank you for watching the show. Thank you for all your comments. If you're spreading the word about the uh, Harland Highway, thank you for that. I mean, we just want to build this thing up, and it's going in the right direction, thanks to you guys. Um, I, I think I started this like three, maybe four months ago, and we started at 2,000 subscribers. And now, like, four months later, we're up to 20,000. And the episode numbers are going up, and people are watching, and they're enjoying it, and I'm getting more and more great guests. I got some really cool guests lined up for future episodes. But uh, I'm doing it for you guys, and so I can't say thank you enough for uh, jumping on board, being here, and uh, thank you for all your comments, too. Um, so there you go. A lot of uh, jibber-jabbering and uh, all that stuff. Um, before I go, though, I will tell you that, um, and we'll, go, we'll close out on this, but I want to share with you uh, my experience at Burning Man this year. I go to the Burning Man Festival when I can every year, if I'm available to do so. And it was another really cool year, and, and I'll tell you about a couple of the highlights. Um, as you know or may not know, at night, Burning Man just lights up. We're in the middle of the desert. It's an event that's a mile wide. It's 70,000 people. You'd think it would be clustered, but it's not. It's in this huge desert, and people are walking and riding all over, and they're lit up with lights, LED lights, and their bicycles are covered in lights. And one of the uh, sculptures I went to, they have a lot of art sculptures. It's very artistic. And one of the sculptures I went to was this giant, towering, 60-foot-tall thing with flowers all over it. No, I didn't go moth on it. But it was nighttime, and stemming from this tower 
were these cables and there were these handlebars all around the circumference of this beautiful flowery looking tower. And what would happen is you grab onto these handlebars, us humans, and everyone grabbing them just kind of holds onto them. And I guess the concept is that this, this machine or whatever it was, it reads the energy that's coursing through your body and through your mind and it it transcribes that energy and turns it into light and music. And you know what? I'll, I'll put a video of that up too because it, it was just beautiful. And so you stood there for about four or five minutes. This thing sort of absorbed everybody's energy. And then once it kind of filled up on what it was being fed, the stimuli, all of a sudden the lights and the music and it all it all sort of synchronized and played out according to what it had been fed from us humans. And whether that was all malarkey or not, I don't know. But regardless, the, the end result was just mind-boggling. It was like watching a spaceship landing on Earth. It was just, I just stood there like stunned, like a moth on a window. I, re- I really was like, like, just like, I'm surprised every moth on planet Earth didn't fly into this thing. I'll put the video up and you can see it. And then the second uh, art piece that I really loved, as I said, we'd go out at night and ride our bikes. And there was one place kind of way out on this dry desert bed you could ride your bike to. And some artist had planted these tufts of grass. You know, they they look like um, big tufts of grass about knee high, maybe thigh high. And he'd planted about 200 of these just in the middle of the desert sand but they weren't blades of grass, they were fiber optics. And I'll put a picture up of it, and they were just these optic fibers, and so light was coming up through them. So they're like illuminated blades of grass, and then within this um, collection of of tufts of, of lighted grass, which was constantly changing color, he hid all these cool little speakers and played this very ethereal music. It was just so fascinating and mesmerizing, like being on another planet. And then for some reason, right in the middle of it, he had an old-fashioned phone booth, and you could go in and pick it up, and someone would start talking to you, like from who knows where. And they asked you to press different buttons on the phone. It was just, it was so clever and unique, and that's really the spirit of Burning Man. It's it just, it offers so much of these kind of beautiful, artistic uh, showpieces and you know we just wandered around in this in this kind of illuminated grass for for I don't know how long but it was just the weird music going and just fantastic 
So, so there you go. That's a little bit of my, my Burning Man experience. And, um, and I think we'll end on that. That's a, that's a real nice one. Um, but uh, also uh, check out my tour dates for, uh, for my stand-up comedy as we get into the fall. I'm, I'm, I'm going on the road again. Uh, you can find all my stand-up tour dates at harlandwilliams.com. And you can find out if I'm going to be in a town or city near you. Uh-huh, now that's right. And uh, what else can I tell you? Yeah, go to harbling.com and uh, see if there's a shirt there that you like. Might be some brand new originals up, but if not, take a look at the prints and definitely check out the Death Eating Life Lucas Casper uh, print uh, t-shirt. And also, again, another shout-out to Brady. Thank you for the uh, thumbnail sketches. Amazing. And uh, I think that's it, gang. I got to go get my moth suit on, and uh, you know what I got to do. There's a uh, field of daisies about five miles from here, and those little whores are calling my name. Let's just say Daddy's going to be doing a bouquet tonight. So that's it. That's it for today's episode. Uh, Catch us on the next one. As I said, we got some great guests coming up, some funny, funny comedians, great people. And uh, again, thank you so much, everybody, for your support. Let's keep it going. And uh, that's it. Until next time, be safe, stay pollinated. And until next time, chicken. Chow mein, baby.